everybody welcome back to playing your cards right and for those who are just joining us for the first time welcome we're glad you're here we uh we know there might be some new members to the uh playing your card right uh society so because uh our good friend and first visitor did a little promo on his tiktok so am i having he having some new people and that would be a great thing. And that would be a great thing. So, for those of you that uh, don't know us, um, I'm Matthew. And I'm Dr. Sam. And we have our pet co-hosts with us. We got Rox over there on the couch, Rocky. And then we got Mr. Crazy Pants himself. He decided to make an appearance. Yeah, Jack's finally decided to stop being a lazy bum and come join us. At least for a little while till I kick him out because he can't control himself. Well, we'll see. He's not on CBD today. He's acting, actually acting pretty good. Yeah, he's not trying to lick your face off. Well, yet, being that keyword, um, I'm sure people might have just heard a licking sound, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm sure they just heard him sniffing. Okay, sir, you you got to behave. But, yes, welcome back, everybody. So, kind of uh, show updates, podcast updates. Um, before we get going too crazy into today's episode. So, um, like we just kind of covered, uh, it's been confirmed. Our first guest uh, is going to be Gene. Uh, he confirmed it. We just have to uh, get our scheduling intact with him. We kind of have an idea of when that's going to happen. So, we just need to set it in stone, record the episode, and uh, get him going. So... It'll be awesome to finally have him on the show. I know he's uh, very much looking forward to it. He, uh, like we said, made a podcast or a podcast. He made a TikTok about it, and uh, it'll be fun having him on to uh, talk about the issues of foster care and adoption and all the struggles and all that good stuff. So, and it sounds like we have a few listeners who are interested in that as well. I know. One of my good friends reached out to us about that. Um, but she's also adopted and been a foster parent for several foster kiddos um, and thinks that it's a super important topic to cover, and um, especially in the line of work that her and I do. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. <clears throat> so that's going to be good. Uh, we have confirmed a podcast episode with one of your former coworkers. I have. He, he seems excited about it, too, and we are going to cover um, burnout, um, specifically based on our experience, because um, we had, I mean, we worked together, um, and I actually used to be his boss, um, and so... Mm, you burned him out. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you know. Um, so, it'll be interesting conversation plus he's pretty entertaining himself so um i think that one will be a good episode as well and i think we've all experienced a little burnout lord knows i have yeah and with him being fully licensed officially um he may have some good pointers on top of what i gathered and researched to provide to our listeners whether they're experiencing burnout or if they're stuck in a toxic environment and some things that we can better control and self-regulate our emotions when it comes to those things. Yeah, it can be hard, though. You've worked uh, 
eighty something odd hours in a week, and then you know you got to do it again the following week. So, that's hell. Probably <laughs> about the only way to describe that. And then um, through much prodding, well, I guess not really much prodding, but um, you can blame Mr. Philip Boone. Uh, we are going to. Uh, this is going to be the podcast we're going to officially launch and branch out into uh, Apple. And oh man. All the other ones, of course, we will throw all of the earlier podcasts on there as well, because I don't want to just start with some random one and people be like, you left me hanging about all the other stuff. <laughs> like, what's going on here? So, Mr. Philippine, this is all your fault. Agreed, because uh, neither one of us are Apple product owners. Yeah, we've been saying we were going to do it, so now we're going to do it. So... Might as well. Might as well. No better time than the present. So we got that going. Um, our first uh, short podcast, and we may just throw it into one whole video podcast. Um, be coming up here in about three, four weeks. Football game and our first in the trip. Yep. Less than a month away. So probably be doing you know just a little travel vlog kind of. Situation. Just don't forget your uh, GoPro this time. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I didn't forget it for the most important one in Montana, so that was good. Yeah, was. We can go back and maybe do something with that or something. We'll see. We always have fun on our trips. So. Of course we do. So, and, and, and speaking of playing cards right, someone do play their cards right. <clears throat> yeah. So. Just a little bit. Yeah, you know, you got the next card, so. I did. Next ace in the hole. Look at me, guys. Look at you. Oh, uh, part of her uh, birthday gift. Which, this is my birthday month. And my birthday's in... Oh. Uh, I don't know how to do math. Really? Two weeks and three days? <laughs> Two weeks and three days. <laughs> and she's the one with the doctorate. Just say it. Listen, I did not get my doctorate in mathematics. It's 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 okay. It's okay. There's a reason. It's okay. <clears throat> so yeah, so that's kind of what uh, we got going for uh, show updates. A uh, story we last brought you on our last podcast. Uh, it was kind of a breaking news at the time. Um, was about Deshaun Watson, the uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback. He. Uh, he has been accused of um, laws and has lawsuits against him from 24 different women uh, for massages or whatever. Well, the NFL has finally came down with their decision. I was going to say, I, um, thought I saw some stuff. They have ESPN going at my physical therapy. And, of course, I can't hear it because I don't have the sound on, but I was reading a little bit of it. So he, uh, he has 25 civil lawsuits filed against him. One's been dropped. Um, apparently there are, uh, the Houston Texans reached settlements with 30 women who were prepared to make claims against the organization. Um, but the NFL finally came down and has suspended him for six games. Yeah, that's what I saw. Um, he, uh, from what it sounds like, um, there's, uh, he has the right to appeal, but the Players Association issued a statement saying it wouldn't appeal and called on the NFL to do the same. 
And so it's just a ugly mess. I mean, it kind of puts the Browns in a weird spot, you know, because they traded for him. Um, it sounds like during the six-game suspension of Deshaun Watson's $230 million guaranteed money, he's going to lose about $345,000, which to me is just insane. Yeah. But to him, it's... Change. Trump change, but then again, maybe not, because all these lawsuits and everything, so that's that's a nice little update about that story. Um, so we, we, we have some, some fun things to uh, talk about before we get into today's episode too terribly much. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, last night we uh, got to go to one of my favorite artists, one of your favorite artists, uh, Mr. Jason Aldean, his concert here at the uh, BOK Center in Tulsa. Yeah. Totally badass. John Morgan, um, Gabby Barnett, and Jason. And they did not disappoint. I had not ever been to a country music concert before, so this was my first experience. And um, it definitely did not disappoint. Um, I was definitely impressed with what they did throughout the whole show. Um, And... Uh, I was also impressed with how many of the songs I knew from that Gabby did and Jason Aldean because I don't keep up on music I, I do but I don't and so a lot of what I hear is what we listen to when you're driving or whatever mm-hmm. and so it was interesting to see how many of the songs I actually knew and I would say John as well except all of his stuff was brand new and was not really out yet so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that I can. I've heard some that. of it before, like one song, I think, and but no, that was my third time seeing Aldean. Yeah, uh, it's always a good show. Nobody's ever gonna top Garth because Garth is just Garth, and he makes it like a freaking huge karaoke sing along. That's just it's a party. Yeah. Not to, no offense against Aldean, he he makes a good party too, but. Although it was kind of funny how he said he thinks encores are bullshit, but yet I remember, I think the first time I saw him, he did an encore, and I was kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> encores are like a big thing for concerts, so I don't know why he would not do one. Yeah, I like how he did it, though. He's like, you know what, I'm just going to drink but this. But he, he made it, yeah, he made I'm, it very clear. I'm going to drink some whiskey, and we're just going to keep this fun bitch going. And it was great. I like it. It was a nice, uh... Told you what's up. Yeah. Sounds good. And uh, leaving the, uh, the the concert, that that got a little. Let's just suppose put it this X-rated. way. Let's keep, let's put it this way. Keep it classy, Dalsa. Yeah. I mean. Let's put it this way. We are regularly checking the bookings for our county jail and city jail. Um, because there was a huge fight that broke out. Someone did get arrested. Mm-hmm. Um. Some X-rated material that I didn't get to see. Could you block my vision? Yeah, I blocked his vision because there was some exposure that should not have taken place. Up top? Uh-huh, of a female. Um, and then it took the police forever to actually respond. Well, they're all over the building. They're probably... This is true, but she did get arrested. She also tried to resist arrest. So that's why we're keeping an eye on, like, 
what's going to happen with it because one we were there and saw it happen but two like she probably could have got off with you know something small but when you add the resisting arrest on there it kind of kind of limits you to what you're going to do and so we'll have to see they may not have charged her with resisting they could have just thrown her in the drunk tank and told her to sleep with the F off and yeah don't be a crazy person person and do that crap again. Yeah. It was probably definitely alcohol. In oh, absolutely. You could tell it was. And you even saw chunks of hair mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. pulled out. And Total cat fight. Total cat fight. No clean fighting in it whatsoever. There was definitely punches thrown. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely grabbing. and. I, I, I want to know the same. They, they messed up the same, though. Because it's normally I went to a hockey game and a fight broke out. Yeah. I went to a concert and a fight broke out. <laughs> yeah, they're just confused. A little, a little jacked up. <laughs> so. It was enough excitement for me for a while. Yeah, you know, good stuff. And then uh, we watched uh, we watched a couple episodes of the On Patrol. Mhm. Uh, definitely by far the best thing of all of it that we've seen so far. Oh, yeah. If you have not watched it, you need to go watch the first episode because that's where it's at. And it's like towards the start of it, too. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's just, I mean, you you know there's some people in in the U.S. that you're just like, yup, (laughs) that's here. Well. Yeah. (laughs) I think the guy was in Indiana, if I remember correctly. I don't remember for sure, but I think it was Indiana. I want to say it was maybe one of the Carolinas or Florida. Well, I think know. it was on the coast. But Florida people it doesn't special. matter. Anyway, because greatest saying ever. Officer pulls up, you know, and he's talking about uh, apparently this guy had been accused of throwing nails into the road and mm-hmm. flattening a lot of people's tires yep. and screws and whatever. And, and had the evidence in his yard. Yeah, I mean, he claimed that, you know, he was picking it up and putting it in a pile or whatever, trying to help out and whatever. And I was kind of like, okay. And he was on a tractor yeah, at first or whatever. Yeah, that's important to know. And, uh, you know, he finally they get him off the tractor and he's talking with him. And then he literally reaches into his pocket, pulls out a stick of butter, and goes, Officer, I- I'm just a... I'm just a guy with a with a riding mower with a stick of butter in my pocket. Like, who puts a stick of butter in their pocket in the middle of summer to go out and mow? Like, <laughs> what gets into people? I mean, uh, I'm in the field of understanding behavior, but this one stumped me. I think there were, you know, drugs involved. There has to have been. Or he was drunk, I'm sure. But seriously, like, I'm just a, I'm just a farmer with a stick of butter in my pocket. Who does that? Like, okay, I mean, that's that's different. Yeah. If I was a cop, I'd, yeah, I'd have to leave the scene. I'd be laughing my ass off. I mean, it's just, just too crazy. So, so there was that. Um. So today, we are kind of going into a couple different things. Uh, one being sports, of course. Um, 
and it actually comes from one of our listeners that are ideas which is a good idea mm-hmm. and so if you that that is a good point though if you have ideas of things you want us to talk about shoot us a message or post on our fa- on our facebook page and we'll see what we can do because this particular person had several ideas most of which i felt like we might cover or had already talked about covering yeah the one with the 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 killer thing could be interesting there's not really a whole lot of information out there on it um besides of the facts of the case of what went down and whether or not it's uh up to the state of oklahoma or if the mcgirt ruling makes it a tribal issue um or if she's going to get charged in federal court it, i don't know i mean there's we can have some opinions on if we think she actually meant to kill her daughter or not but but we're not going to get into that today. We're not going to get into that. One, I need to do a lot more digging. I did, like, preliminary digging. Well, I did a lot of digging. There's not really much out there. And I found, like, I came up with some good theories on it. But, again, yeah. that's for a different day. Different day. So, the rule change is what we're going to talk about today in uh, Major League Baseball. They have some rules that have changed the game a lot within the last couple of years. Um, COVID did a huge number the game whatever and uh understandably so some things have come changed out of that some of it is uh rules that are already in place some of it being rules that they're looking at um past this year and some of it is things they're just trying um down in independent ball um lower grade like low a um just trying to see if this is something that they want to uh, move forward with or not. So we're going to cover that, and then we're also going to cover about uh, online classes, do's and don'ts, uh, experiences with it. Um, Especially can, since it's the beginning of the new semester and classes are starting or have started. How you can navigate an online class successfully and, and deal with the challenges of that. So without further ado, I guess we'll get into the baseball rules um so something that they have um done which is way different than anything that they've ever done before um they put designated hitters in both leagues so now if you're in the american league which have always had the designated hitter nothing changes but now in the national league they do um have the designated hitter instead of the pitcher hitting so huge change of the rules um it uh you can have your pitcher be the designated hitter if you want i mean there's guys like shohei otani who does hit and pitch both really well so um it's just i don't know i mean if they're doing this because of they think it's going to help the game, um, get more offense going, whatever. You figure the pitcher's an automatic out. Not always the case, but it's definitely a different thing. And it almost kind of brings about questions of, okay, well, if we're going to have designated hitters in the National League, then almost what's the point of even having different leagues? Right, and, and when you talk about that rule, that's what I liked about 
you know, especially when it came to the World Series, because they'd have to switch and follow the other team's rules depending on where they were playing. And I felt like it brought a uniqueness that now is not necessarily going to be there. But at the same time, I kind of like it because now you can have your guys that are older guys um, that, uh, you know, maybe back in the day, um, some of my favorite players, you know, they quit because they had to go out in the field. And, like, you know, guys like Jeff Bagwell, he had to end his career because he couldn't field um, because he had a really jacked up shoulder. And, uh, you know, trying to hit and do that at the same time, just wasn't really going to work out for him, whatever. So, I mean, we have guys, I think you're going to see guys in their 40s continue to play. I mean, heck, Miguel Cabrera, who's a guy who just this year hit his 3,000th hit, whatever. He's, already, he's part of that club. I think he's like 30, late 30s, whatever, maybe early 40s. Um, are going to be. He's going to enter like his 21st Major League Baseball season, and he's going to keep on doing it because they thought he was going to retire because of health conditions but he says he's going to keep playing and when you all you got to do is hit um, could help extend some guy's career so I mean that's kind of cool um, so all in all I mean it, it seems to be kind of cool I mean I kind of like it because I mean it's another it has more competitiveness now it's not just a man eh, he's a pitcher now pitchers actually have to be like oh crap because, like, a lot of designated hitters, um, like the Astros guy, he goes out and plays left field a lot, but then whenever they want to give him a rest, they'll just throw him in the DH spot. So, yeah. it's kind of nice, kind of cool. I kind of dig it. Um, they are doing active roster limits uh, from opening day through May 1st. Um, 26 player active major league rosters should increase to 28. Um, and then if there's a double hitter, they move it to 29. So kind of has a little bit of flexibility. You can maybe add a guy that's on the uh, AAA side of things, whatever, but you kind of want to see what he can do at the major league level, at yeah. least for the first. Which I like that idea. I mean, the guy's getting a chance to show himself. At least for the first month, you can kind of get an idea. Um, there's a limitation on the number of active uh number of pitchers on the active roster um they are uh a lot of times what you'll see pitchers they're like oh man my arm's hurting oh well we're gonna put them on the uh they're eligible to be placed on the 10-day injured list prior to the may 2nd uh, but beginning on may 2nd those players will only be eligible for placement on the 15-day so kind of have to be smart with Injuries and stuff like that. You need to put them on there or not. Um, there is the extra innings rule, which they did during COVID. They're bringing back that uh, in extra innings, there is a guy that already starts on second base. Um, and then kind of goes from there. Um, which, that one... I thought was gonna. I, I thought I wasn't gonna like it because it kind of takes away from the extra inning. But knowing that uh, both sides have to do it or get that chance, then it's like okay, well that's fair. Really amps up the competitiveness and you know makes it to where it's like oh crap, right. you got a guy in second, you you can't screw around. So 
That part's kind of cool. I mean, I kind of dig it. Um, didn't know if I was going to or not, but I'm okay with it. It's uh, definitely different, put it that way. Um, they are doing uh, expanded postseasons, so now instead of um, you know just getting so many guys, so many teams in, now they expanded it to where you have to do like a play-in game to be able to get into the wild card game, and so it, it brings about some teams that you know they have a shot now. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's all about money and what it all comes down to. It's just... Well, yeah, it usually is. Um, then they came out with a rule. Um, they call it the Jacob, Jacob Nottingham rule. Um, he's a catcher first baseman. He spent most of last season shuttling back and forth between Seattle and Milwaukee. As one team would place him on waivers, and the other would claim him, and then a few days later, he'd go to the other way. So he just kept on bouncing back and forth. Um, so now they make it to where if a team uh, has claimed a player on waivers already, it cannot do so again unless every other club passes. So essentially, if like the Astros were to let a guy go and then the Royals picked him up and then the Royals were like, well, you, you, know, you served our purpose for whatever and... Uh, you know, we're going to let you go again. Before the Astros could get him, he would have to um, pass off. All the other clubs would have to, you know, pass on him. So there's no shuttling back and forth between guys. So that's that's kind of a good deal. I mean, I, I can only imagine what kind of hell that would be. Um, players can only be optioned back and forth to the minors only five times a year. Um you know, that will definitely uh, help, uh, you know, they, they can only, because a lot of teams will sit there and be like, well, you know, we need the roster move. We're going to send you down to AAA because we need, you know, bullpen help or, you know, we need a speedy guy, but we're going to get rid of one of our bullpen guys. You know, not that you're doing anything wrong, but we're going to send you down. So it's kind of nice to see a rule that hey, you got to be smart with your decisions. You can only <coughs> do that so much. Um, there is incentives to discourage uh, service time manipulation. Um, a huge, huge um, problem has been uh, player service times. Um, it's been manipulated um, to where you know they. Uh, You can't essentially have a guy start in the minor league or start in the major leagues and then send them down um, after the first month and then not bring them back and be like, well, you know, you're not ready. Right. So they're basically trying to make it to where, because uh, essentially what they would do is they'd bring up a guy first month of the season. Okay, cool, 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 yeah. You're definitely going to be a star one day. We'll send you back down. Never reaches back up. Next year, you send them, bring them back up for the first month again. You send them back down. Right. 
until you think, oh, well, our team's ready for you now. Now we start your clock of Major League Service time. What they were doing was they were basically saying, oh, yeah, the first month, that that didn't count. Right. So it was manipulating guys' contracts. So, you know, you'd have to... It was just really screwy. It was it was dirty. Yeah, sounds sketchy to me. Uh, rule that they're proposing is that the All Star game could be decided by a home run derby. Um, if it's tied after nine innings, which I'd really like this idea. I like that idea. It'd That's be fun. An interesting idea. Definitely make it fun. Mm-hmm. Not that the All Star game is boring, but it definitely would add some pizzazz to it. Um, they're talking about doing English-Spanish as a second language course for all the players, which I feel kind of neat. There's a bunch of Spanish-speaking players out there. I'd uh, like to see it go both ways. Oh, yeah, that's what they're saying. It is. Oh, okay. Uh, they're th- floating with the idea, um, I guess NBC Universal has a new broadcast deal, um, for next year, I guess, or maybe it's this year. Um, they're talking about doing um, Sunday uh, games as early as 11.30 in the morning on the okay. East Coast, which would definitely be different. I mean, that's that's early. The only concern there I could see is, you know, if your game on Saturday went to 10, 11 o'clock, now you're, right back you, at you're right back at it. I mean, guys are going to be at the field by 9. Uh, that's a quick turnaround, so that'll be interesting. Um, beginning uh, in 2023, the uh, the league's going to have uh, oversized bases. Um, the idea is that uh, it could prevent injuries around the first base bag. Um, it can lead to an increase in stolen base attempts. Um with the idea that, you know, we have a bigger base, so now whenever we get to those replay attempts of did he get his finger on the base, now it's going to be a bigger base, so you're going to be able to tell easier. Yeah. Kind of cool. Kind of dig that. Um, looks like a morning game may have actually already started. I don't know that I've seen that. Um, they're saying the trade deadline won't necessarily be exactly July 31st. Um... They're basically saying that uh, the exact uh, date can change year to year, but a later date in theory gives more teams an opportunity to determine if they want to buy or sell. Which I'm okay with that. Gives teams a chance to look at guys. Yeah. Um, we're looking at banning the shift, which I am a huge fan of this move. Um... Because it seems like, I mean, everybody's shifting now um, in Major League Baseball. Which, you know, I understand it's a good defensive strategy to be able to take away hits from um, the other team. It just seems like it's gotten to the point now, though, where it's like, it's almost past ridiculous. Um, I mean, you know, we have third base, or shortstops playing damn near second base. It's... Again, I get it, and I know I know why they're doing it, because they want to, um, you know, be able to stop the guy from uh, getting a hit. Um, 
which is fine, but whenever you got a guy playing shortstop that's playing dang near second, and then your second mm-hmm. baseman is playing damn near first base, yeah. it's, or like I've seen, uh, I think the Padres did it against the Rockies, I don't remember who it was, there was nobody on the left side of the infield. All the infielders were playing from first base to second base, lined up, so a ball wouldn't get yeah, through. See, I don't like so the purist in me kind of thinks that it's like yeah, that sucks. Well, I mean, it's just I don't know. I mean, I get it, in, in theory it's great because you know it prevents, you know, lowers the chance of a guy getting a hit, which you know that's cool. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it it almost makes it to a point where it's like you know. That normally would be a base hit, but just because there's the shift, it went away. So, I, I'm glad to see that idea. There's an idea out there um, that they may let teams still shift. When I'm showing Sam here an idea, so their idea is on second base that they would draw a line from the second base and make this like little triangle area to where the shortstop. And the second baseman couldn't get in in this line, this area, until mm-hmm. after the pitch is thrown. They're trying that right now down at the lower leagues. Um, I think in like low, low A ball. And the idea is is that second baseman should stop. Until that pitch is thrown, you can't be in that area. So, you know, a hit up the middle could actually happen. Yeah. So, that one, I mean, it, it could be interesting. It might make the games longer. I know everything they're doing um, is to speed up the games, which brings it to the next idea of the pitch clock, which we've seen this in college ball yeah. for Oklahoma State, that uh, there's um, it's a 14-second uh, pitch clock, um, and it sounds like it is going to make its way to the big leagues uh, next year. Uh, they're eyeing a 14-second pitch clock with the bases empty and 19 seconds with the runners on base. And they think that will help improve the pace of play. Which, I mean, it doesn't really seem like maybe it has. I mean, maybe it sped up the college game a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I still feel like it takes the same amount of time. Yeah. Because... In those seconds, you have to do some baseball move, um, at least in the college level. I'm sure they'll probably do the same rule um, in the majors, but if a guy's not ready, what we've seen a lot is a guy will just fake a throw to first or second or whatever, yeah. just so Definitely the pitch clock resets. So, in some ways, yeah, I could see it where it might speed up the game. I mean, that was the idea of um, doing the... Uh, certain only amount of certain mound visits um, which has sped up the game I feel like you have to be smart with your mound visit you can't just go like oh uh, hair looks out of place I, I need to go talk to him or you know that that I could see because it was getting to the point where it was like okay uh, yeah you just face that guy uh, we need a mound visit oh you just you, you, okay well, we, we need another mound visit it was like come on yeah. let's go that gets old after a while. So, that's why I'm glad to see the rule where they uh, 
say that you can't change or release. You can't bring one guy in to face one guy and then go out and get a new guy. You can't do that. He has to face at least three batters. So I'm happy with that rule. Yeah. That was a good change. Brings brings in some competitiveness to the game, so and I don't know how the hell he is even comfy being like that. If you can't hear him, Rocky's over here snoring rather loudly. And he's like hanging off the couch. Yeah. He's special. Um Another one that they're talking about is radically changing the way the schedule is constructed um, to where uh, divisional games each team plays is going to be dramatically reduced to allow teams to play every other team in the sport at least once. So, that one's kind of, I don't know. It, It feels like it might diminish the value of the league. And in your division, because you should be playing more games in your division, in your league, I think more than hey, let's just let everyone play everybody. I mean, in theory, it sounds great because right. now our teams can go at it every year. Yeah. But. But it does take away from those in your division. I think they'll probably. I can see what they will probably do, is they'll probably somehow figure out a way to keep them the same number of games in your division so you're still playing your division a lot right. but you may not play everybody else in your league a lot right so which I don't know it could get interesting but I mean I could see where it would take away from some things too so yeah I don't really know how I feel about that one so it'll be interesting to see what they if they actually do something like that. Right. A lot of the rules, I think they are, they're changing a lot of rules right now to um, try to speed up pace, pace of play, which, I mean, yeah, okay, a baseball game that lasts almost four hours, that that's... That gets ridiculous. That I gets get a that. little long. I get that. But they almost really need to stop screwing with it because two, two and a half, 245, that's about what I expect. I mean, even three. A three-hour game is still quite a long game, but if it's a three-hour game, it's probably because it probably got interesting. Right. So, I don't go to a ballpark expecting to be there any less than two, two and a half hours. Right. If you are, then it wasn't a good game. Either that or it wasn't really that much of an offensive game. Yeah. So... I mean, it could it could be a good game if it's under two and a half. Yeah. It might just be that it was no whole, not a whole lot of offense. You saw a lot of great defense, and the pitching necessarily maybe wasn't that great because everything just happened really quick. But I don't know. I mean, I definitely get them wanting to whenever the average baseball game was like three three and a half hours. I can understand that. But I'm almost kind of happy where it is right now. Oh, man. You go to the baseball games to escape life and get away, have fun. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's why they say it's America's greatest pastime. Go drink some beer. Eat some broths. I prefer the pretzels. And drink more beer. 
burgers. And more beer. <laughs> hey, you go for the booze. Booze 30. Not really. Just as long as you don't go to a baseball game and a fight breaks. <laughs> well, you know, I can't guarantee anything anymore after last night. Nope. Now, now we just need to go to a UFC fight. Um, yeah, you keep telling me we're going to go to one. You haven't taken me yet. Either that or we just need to watch a pay-per-view. That's not as fun as going in person, though. Yeah, but UFC doesn't come here all the time. So. Well, it's fine. We can still go to MMA. But yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good rule changes. I think some of them are, are definitely interesting. Especially the oversized baseball bag, or ball bag. Yeah, bases. Bases. Um, ball bag, good word. <laughs> See what you're doing to me, Rocky? You're making me lose my focus. You're trying to give me lovin's and it makes me lose my focus. So, yeah, I, I think the, the base is getting bigger. Probably is a good thing for health of the players and there's a lot of torn ACLs and MCLs and yeah. feet issues and etc so and collisions and stuff like that so hopefully that'll help um, yeah I mean I guess we'll see we'll have to maybe do a revisit podcast later in the winter time whenever they decide upon the rules for the year and yeah that'd be a good idea See which ones they're going to keep. See which ones they're going to... Uh, new ones that they may be talking about. Yeah. We'll have to do... I don't think there's really many new rules in uh, hockey or NBA that I can think of. So, kind of why we went with uh, Major League Baseball. Hockey, I think there was a few that they changed. But I don't think there was anything of real significance or anything like that. So... You would know that better than me. So, we'll have to uh, look at that. And then, um, somebody messaged me, I forgot who it was, said maybe we should look at, um, not necessarily uh, new uniforms, but we should just do uniforms in general. Yeah, I get what uh, I got strong opinions on those. Covering all the different leagues, even the... Uh, like uh, National Cross League, soccer, uh, you know, go through and see teams' uniforms or whatever. And, like, for sure we'll definitely have to hit one. Um, probably, I'm going to guess, October, November time frame. Because um, that's whenever, it, it may be even a little bit before, but whenever the NBA starts releasing their new, because um, they come out with city jerseys every year. So, but we can at least do one with their current yeah. setups and stuff like that. And Absolutely. So especially since we did the football helmets and some uniforms, but yeah, I think it's a good idea. I'm I'm all for that. Cover some uniformage. I'll make it a blind react for me, so I give my honest opinion, well, first impression. Well, we already know you don't like the Texas Rangers powder blue uniforms. Sure don't. Those were ugly today. <laughs> Apparently you hate powder blue. That's not my favorite. And it definitely was too much powder blue at the game today. Yeah. It is what it is. No thanks. Yeah. So, uh, our second topic. topic. 
since Zwa is a teacher for online classes and I took a crap ton of online classes. Um, they're hard. There, there's advantages I think to taking them. Um, but I also think you have to be very, very, very astute. Um, <coughs> Disciplined as well. Disciplined in how you do things, because I know just speaking from per uh, personal uh, reasons, whatever. I took a few during the summer, which I mean, Jesus Christ, sixteen week course in eight weeks. They're cramming stuff down your throat, and it can Welcome get. Welcome to my last two degrees. And it can get <laughs> it can get away from you real quick mm -hmm. if you're not on top of your crap. I mean, I granted in summer classes they also kind of tone it down a little bit, but um, it was still definitely like holy crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, most of my online experiences come from that um, summer classes, whatever. But um, I took one or two. I think I maybe took one at OSU and maybe a few at TCC. Uh, Toss Community College for those who don't know because uh, I went to community college for my first year because I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do and so my parents were like well since you don't know what you're going to do you're going to go to TCC I was like damn it because I thought you know well crap I'm being robbed of a year from OSU little did I know I was still going to spend four years at OSU but hey that's okay because uh, most people with a biochem degree don't graduate in four years. It's a five-year plan, for sure. But uh, I would definitely say my TCC experience was drastically different than my OSU experience. TCC experience, you know, it is a community college, so you do have to kind of bear that in mind. Um, you know, I got my medical lab tech from there so I mean it, it's, it's a good school whatever it definitely got me ready for OSU but TCC my it was much more you know I don't want to say laid back but I would definitely say OSU was a lot more vigorous than TCC and TCC you know if I got a little bit behind I could probably catch up fairly easily but OSU I just you get about one chapter behind, you're, you're toast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to take a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it just goes back to a lot of self-discipline. You have to really push um, yourself and stay on top of your and crap. And it's like you were saying, it's 16 weeks of classes put into eight. We're well, talking about a three-credit-hour course that you typically would spend an entire semester on, but that's not the online world. Well, I mean, that's if you do that. I mean, there was a few classes that people took that I knew. I had online classes that did it during the 16-week term, which, you know, still, I mean, it, it, it was kind of interesting because it was like, well, why don't you just do the normal show-up-to-lecture at that point? And then yeah. I could see where it would come in handy because, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I don't have to, you know, maybe for your uh, commuter student that necessarily doesn't live in... Um, for this example, we'll take Stillwater, um, because you know there's 
a lot of kids that live in Tulsa and that they go to OSU Tulsa and then they need a class that's not offered in Tulsa which doesn't usually happen um, but you know there are definitely um, kids that live in Tulsa that commute to Stillwater um, through the big orange bus and um, it, it is a uh, deal where they can um, take a bus that is OSU um, decked out, whatever, and an OSU employee drives from Tulsa to Stillwater, Stillwater to Tulsa, yeah. um, and shuttles them essentially. And so, you know, they can study on the shuttle and whatever. But it could come in handy where something like that, where, hey, you know, I can't, it's hard for me to be in Stillwater on campus for one class whenever I could take it online. So there's some advantages definitely to online classes. I just think unless you're very astute, responsible, and stay on top of your crap, it's yeah, it's easy to fall in a rabbit hole real quick. And then obviously, you know, online, unless... Um, and that was the other thing, too. Like, I, I remember, I think one of my professors that I did have at LSU, I don't think he was actually in Stillwater. I think he was in Tulsa. Most of the time, he lived in Tulsa and commuted, but um, during the summertime, it was just like, you know, he had an office in Stillwater, but yeah, why, why show up? So I think that makes it hard, too, because then normally, hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can still probably do office hours, because... You know, I'm taking it from the viewpoint of me back then. I didn't have, we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have, you know, all this, you know, office hours that you could meet virtually with your professor or teacher. I mean, kids today have no clue how spoiled and easy they have. Well, I shouldn't say easy, but it's a lot easier to, right. you know, hey, I can't make it into class, whatever. Hey, cool, my professor, Zoom records his talk or you know I can have virtual office hours with the teacher or professor I mean even high school kids I mean I know I know COVID was really hard on kids whatever and it really screwed them up socially um, all we have to do is just ask my mom about that I mean you know you have uh, this year seniors and she says they basically act like sophomores because they were didn't get them a social maturity for two years. Yeah. Essentially, but how easy, I mean, they're prepared for online learning. You would think. If they took it serious. Well, and that's kind of where I come into play. So the focus for my portion is I'm calling it like the do's and don'ts of online classes. And for our listeners who are new, um, I am a professor part time. Um, I teach child and adolescent psychology for a small university, um, and uh, I, I mean, I teach other classes too, but that was the primary reason I was brought on was uh, all of my experience in the field, not just education for that specific area. So the way my class is set up, it's both child and adolescent psychology in one. Now when I took the class, because I'm teaching at the same school that I did my bachelor's at, um, 
we actually had two different classes. Um, and there was good reason for that because there's a lot of material to cover for both, both groups. Um, however, in the recent years, they've revamped their program and they put it together. And that's fine, too. So... Now, do we think that they did that, though, because of budget cuts? And or they just didn't have the personnel? Uh, I don't know that it had either bearing on either one. Because they had the same professor who taught both, who was a full-time faculty. Um, so I, I think it was just maybe for online and that purpose um but like i had mentioned earlier these online classes all of them i have taken and all of them that i have taught are eight weeks long and they are three credit hours so you've got to do double the work in half the time essentially oh you mean it's not like doing wine tasting where you can just you know get hammered in class and yeah, you took weird classes. <laughs> um, so I did make a list of do's and don'ts for students um, based on my experiences. And I'll share stories along the way as to why I made these recommendations for students looking at taking online classes. Um, I, I did my master's and my doctorate fully online. Sorry. Rocky's over here making weird noises and it freaks me out. Um, anyway, so I want to start with the things that you should do. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're the parent of someone who is in college, going to college, potentially taking online classes, feel free to share this information with them too um, because I think it's pretty universal. Um, but I do want to explain like the structure of an online class. And that typically involves one or two discussion posts a week and then one additional assignment. That's how both of my programs were that I took. That is how um, the school, the university that I teach for does it. Um, and it's not just because that's what I put in my class, but that's how their setup is. And some classes even require two assignments on top of the two discussion posts. So... That's um, all? Yeah, that's all. I, I feel like I was getting really royally effed then because well, we had like I won't chapter tell you. reading assignments. We had questions we had. To, I mean, I feel like I was doing more homework than <clears throat> anything else. And then that was just all to get ready for a well, test like you, at the end of the week. You have to think though. You have to think though that some of those extra, some of those assignments were five page papers. And at 18, 19 years old, that's not a short paper because you're still learning about the research process. You're still learning how to write a good paper. Well, no, but I mean, I'm just saying like mine, I think I did ecology, for example, and I swear, I feel like I had like every other day reading assignments, which I mean, of course, they're obviously not going to know if you did the reading or not, mm -hmm. but there were questions that you had to answer. I feel like there was daily, daily things I had to turn in, like <coughs> almost kind of like a normal class where like, hey, Tuesday and Thursday, I need you to have this assignment done, this Which assignment done. Which is how we set it up. So <clears throat> typically discussions are due, let's say Tuesday or Wednesday. That means your initial post has to be done. 
and then by Sunday you have to have your responses done um, and then like you have a, a quiz that has to be done by Sunday and then you have a paper that has to be done by Sunday sounds about right and so um, what I and, and so taking all that into consideration if you don't have that self-discipline online classes are not for you it is not structured in the sense that I'm not going to tell you when everything is due. I'm going to tell you in the syllabus and I'm going to tell you in the initial post about like your initial discussion, things like that. It's on you to pay attention to those things. But I almost feel like none of my professors coddled me like that though either. Maybe at CCC they did to a point, but I feel like at OSU it was, they didn't care. Yeah. I mean they care, but they don't, you know, it's, it, they're not there to babysit you. They're not there to tell you when things are due. Whatever. It was kind of like, hey, yeah, I may say, hey, don't forget this is due, whatever, mm -hmm. once. But I'm not going to sit there and keep doing make it, it a point. Right? You have a syllabus. You know when things are due. You know when things are coming up. Well, and it's your adult. It's up to you. And that brings me to my first thing that students should do. And this is not just for online classes, but this is in-person classes too. You have to read the syllabus. That syllabus is gonna tell you things like your due dates. It's gonna give you a rubric for your major assignments. It's gonna tell you your professor's office hours and how to contact them. And it's also gonna tell you additional required material that you need. Um, I know in my syllabus, I had put, um, extra materials that help the students understand childhood trauma and how that affects them as adults. While we're not talking about the adult life, it's still important that they learn about what happens in childhood can and will affect them as an adult. So things like that are put in the syllabus for that reason. See, and, and that, that's where I think the online makes it hard because your first day in normal showing up to school class, mine was it was always syllabus. Mm -hmm. Now I had a few professors that were jumping right in, jumping right in a holes. They're like, "All right, first day, let's get going." You're just like, "Uh, I don't even have my book yet, homie." And see, that's the thing. I know for me as a professor, I always put on that like introduction post, like. These are the things you need to do to prepare for this class. And that first thing I list is read your syllabus. And then it, and on our online program, it is very clear where the syllabus is because it has its own little tab on the left-hand side with all the other tabs. Yep, yep, ours was too. So it's one little click and it opens. You've got a printer version. You've got the one that's on there. Like, however you need to read that syllabus, you can and so um and if you're smart you'll print it off mm -hmm. and put it in a binder right like what i did yep i put it everything i had so many freaking binders and notebooks of whole crap but i always printed mine off put it in the like top pages of my notes in a binder that way i could always be like you know because i i i was weird probably still am well but, yeah um <laughs> I wouldn't always rewrite my notes. Sometimes it just really depended upon what class it was and if I needed to clean it up. Right. Um, chemistry, 
or any of them, forget about it because you could be sitting there for hours drawing structures and shit like that. But uh, I would always at least go review my notes uh, at least a little bit um, in my downtime or whenever I got done with class for the day just to make sure, kind of, you know, second second look at it, kind of absorb it more, you know, kind of like how you do in band, you know. You, you look at it, you play it, you do something else to come back to it, play it, and before long you just start getting the muscle memory of what it is and whatever and however you learn essentially uh -huh. but I always made sure like anytime I open that okay do I have anything to do did I miss something right whatever because it's really easy because I mean you know we, we can definitely say you know um, students do have a lot going on in their right. personal life school life, if you live on campus and you're involved in organizations and etc, etc, etc you have a bunch of, but that's no excuse, because that's essentially normal everyday adult out of college life Yeah. I mean, you know you can't go to your boss and be like, hey boss I'm sorry I didn't get that huge report done that's going to really, you know, change the face of the company, because, you know I had to go play my uh, competitive softball team because you'll just be fired. So, moving on. My next one is regarding the discussion posts. Every online class I've ever taken or I've ever taught, you have these discussion posts. Sometimes you only have one a week. Sometimes you have two. But guess what? Your syllabus is going to tell you how many you have that week. And chances are, it's already set up for you on whatever online school program that they use. Here is a rule of thumb for that. Make your initial post as early as possible in the week. So if your initial post isn't due until Wednesday, do it on Monday. Get it out of the way and just do it on Monday. Because as your peers do their initial posts, you should be posting on at least two of theirs. And when you do those posts, make sure you ask engaging questions. You are in an online class and the professor can only do so much. So you engaging and asking those questions of your peers helps you learn and it helps them more because then they need to go seek out answers to your questions. Then, at the end of the week, circle around and look at the comments and questions on your initial post and respond to those. That is what will help you learn from those discussions. They're not busy work. They're meant to teach you. You just have to know how to do it. And these are the, this is how I make my students do it. If I see that they have five responses on their initial post and they didn't respond to any of them, they get docked points. And that's in the rubric for them, that you have to respond to your peers' questions on your post. And so I will automatically dock that 10% if they did not respond to a single one on their initial post because then they're not engaging and they're not learning. 
Um, my next tool, and this goes for in-person or online classes, ask for help. Um, because you, I know, I know you guys hear this a lot. You may not be the only one wondering, or you may not be the only one who questions, but how are you going to know the answer if you don't ask? You know, nowadays it's easier than it was when I was an undergrad. I didn't always have easy access to my professors, and I had to hope I didn't have another class going on when they had office hours because that was the only way I could communicate with them. But now, you have their emails. So why not shoot an email to your professor and say, hey, Dr. So-and-so, I'm really struggling with whatever. Um, what, can, what do you have that will help me? Or where, what direction should I go? Or can you clarify this for me? And most of the time, your professors are going to get back to you as long as it's, as it's within like business hours quote unquote you know um but we don't know how to help you as professors if we don't know what your struggle is and so you've got to have that communication um unless you have a shitty professor well that's not my fault that's not me <laughs> I mean I'm not the best but I will do my best to help. And, 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 and can, can, can I point something out? Maybe. You, and you might give me some crap for Maybe. You, you, you talked about hope that uh, you could get a hold of them. Mm -hmm. That one day in hours, you were making it sound like you couldn't email and the email didn't exist when you went to college. I mean, we had email, but we didn't know how to email our professors because we weren't given their email addresses weird I we know. were we could find them in a directory easy yeah we didn't have one of those okay just wanted to point that out because someone might be like she went to college before there was email uh, and no, she's younger there was email i just went to a super like it's even smaller than i went than it is now bible college and well i had one of my main professors was only part-time and she didn't have an office. Yeah. And I didn't know how to email her outside of... Because we didn't have that. Just just wanted to point that out for, for the new people. Because they <laughs> might be like... You know, they if they went back and listened to one of the early ones, they'd be like... Wait, yeah, I'm not the old one here. That's you. Yeah, I was going to say, email existed whenever I was still in elementary. So, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. It may be my birthday month, but you're closer to 40 than I am. Listen, it's okay. <laughs> 40 is the new 30. Okay, you tell yourself that. It is. So my next thing, since, you know, for online classes, there are a lot of papers that are submitted. I recommend running those papers through a plagiarism program. <laughs> there are tons out there, and they're free. Um, if your paper is more than eight pages long, you might pay $8 a month. But otherwise, it's free. Most of your papers are not going to be longer than that. Unless it's like your big final paper. Then you're looking at 10 to 15 pages, depending on the class. See, this is why I'm glad I wasn't a psychology major. Welcome to my world. We, we just had to know how to do balanced chemical equations and 
browser structures and yeah not us no no about what does the dna cdna and all that other good crap there weren't long answers but there wasn't that many like those but i also encourage not just running those papers through a plagiarism site but you need to be reading that paper at least three times before you submit it one looking at syllabus and rubric one reading it just to read it to see if you feel like you're missing anything or need to add anything the third one read it out loud slowly word for word in case you put a wrong word there a spell check is not going to get because it's spelled correctly i don't know how many times i've seen that um, or for punctuation absolutely you're you're and you're not punctuated yeah. correctly can really jack it up yes it will and then have two more on the do's and this one hits close to home for me because of my job that I used to do with kids. I worked with kids who had IEPs, learning disabilities, emotional disturbance, whatever the case may be. But if you have a learning disability, be upfront with that with your professor. I would like to think professors will not judge you on that. I know I certainly would not. I would rather accommodate you and make sure you're successful in my class then see you fail and I could have done something to help and so be open about those things because that can affect the long term for you in college um, if if you really struggle with reading okay let me find videos for you that cover the same material as the reading that's not a problem um, I would rather you learn from a video that I had to search for then you struggle and not be able to pass quizzes because you can't read well. So I highly encourage that communication. It's not something you have to announce in class. Have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that professor and say, look, this is what I've struggled with before. This is where I'm at now. What can we do to make it successful? And be honest about it though. If you have yeah. dyslexia, okay. Absolutely. But if you have laziness, no. And I guarantee you the professor is going to know better. Because if you don't know how to read well, you're probably not in college to begin with. Unless you have dyslexia or... You never know. Some other issue. Now, I mean, like... I, for example... Um, had ADD. Had, still do. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Let's put it this way, if if I still do, it's not as bad as it used to be. I stopped taking it any medication for it whenever I went my first year of college. I think mm -hmm. that's when I stopped. Because I made the conscious decision that I didn't want to be taking medicine for the rest of my life in order to be able to do what I needed to do. I should be able to... I mean, they say, you know, adults do grow out of it. Some people do, some people don't. But I also didn't take the ACT with additional time because you could I could have done that. I was like, nope, I don't want that designation. I want to be able to get into college just like everyone else. Yeah. Because life isn't going to give me a special pass. Well, and it depends on who you are and what the disability is. Well, yes. 
You I mean, know, obviously. If I've, got, if I've got a student with ADD or ADHD, okay, that's fine and dandy. You probably should not be doing an online class. You should probably be do some, doing something a little more hands-on. Well, they can make it. It's or just, engaging. They can make it. It's just, you got to buckle down. Yeah. It was just, my feeling was just like, I didn't want to get to the real world, you know, and be a science person or whatever and be like, um... Oh, hey, boss, you know, sometimes I might do this more. Don't worry about it. It's just my ADD flaring up and, you know. Right. That's my boss ain't going to give two flying craps. No. Now, obviously, if I was dyslexic or had some other issue, okay, sure, yeah. I mean, if you actually have a legit issue. Not to say that people with ADD and ADHD aren't. Right. I mean, it, it's some varying degrees. I mean, if you have it super severe, then... You probably shouldn't be not taking your medicine if it's super severe. And I would agree with that. I won't, I'm not typically one to promote medication. However, if you absolutely need it, take it. I mean, if a doctor's prescribed it for you, then obviously it's being well, prescribed for a reason. Obviously. I just don't take medication that's not prescribed for you. Yeah. If uh, if you don't have suffer from ADD, don't go hitting up an ADD kids supplies so you can stay at home and study. It's not good. That's illegal. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's not good. <laughs> but but if you're like mine, I mean, I learned to be able to function without it. So. Right. But, I mean, I also wasn't super, 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 uber severe to the point where it was like, right. how are you not going to function? I mean, I could definitely tell my that's my parents. They would definitely tell you there was a huge difference between me on it and off of it. Growing up, whatever. I, I knew there was a difference. But as an adult, I don't know. I just made the constant decision I needed to buckle down and be able to do everything just like everyone else. And I didn't want any attention or treatment. So, special but treatment. If it's needed, talk to your professor. Yes. See what can be worked out. My last thing that you should do, take responsibility for yourself. Your professors, their job is to teach you. We can't make you do your work. We can't make you write a paper. We can't make you communicate with anybody. Only you can do that. So you need to take responsibility for yourself. If you mess up, own that. Don't lie about it. Don't try and get around it. Just take that responsibility and let's move on. Um, because I'm much more understanding when I point something out to a student and they say, oh man, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. Here's what I'm going to do next time to make it better. That student is different than the one that will say, well, it wasn't my fault. You didn't tell me. But did I tell you? Here's it. Here it is in the syllabus, or here it is in a previous email. That's just a lazy student at that point. So now comes my favorite part, because this one I have stories for, and I love a good story about the students who are ridiculous. I mean, I like the stories about the good students too. I had one student. Um, for a full year that did fantastic. 
Like, if I could have given her 100%, I probably would have. Was she perfect? No. So she didn't get 100. But, um, she did her work on time. She communicated very well. And actually, she was an underclassman taking upperclassmen classes and being that successful. So I wish all students could be like that. However, there are those that, well, are not. And that's where we get these things of what not to do. So the first one is don't ask for an extension after the assignment is due. In fact, don't ask for an extension two days before the assignment is due. Unless you need it. No, no, no. Here's the thing. If you need it, it better be a really good reason. No, that's what I'm saying. Unless you absolutely need it. I'm not going to give it to you because you decided to go to your volleyball game and not do any of the rest of your work outside of your volleyball game. You have to maintain your grades to participate in the sports. You coming to me the day it's due, day before it's due, and say, oh, I was busy with volleyball. No, you knew volleyball was coming. You had the syllabus that told you the assignment was coming. Let's open that communication a little bit. Um, let's see. Don't tell the professor they don't know what they're teaching. So this last semester, I had a student and I was teaching APA. Keep in mind, not only was I teaching APA out of the new APA manual, but I was also taking my own doctorate level classes that used the new APA. So not only did I have like my book for reference I had real life this is what is completely current not what was current a year ago or two years ago in that moment what is current so I'm teaching that and my student says to my boss that I don't know what I'm talking about because I've never done APA well okay what do you think we use APA for we use it for all psychology papers. And I've been in school for psychology for several years at this point. On top of the fact I am actively doing this, so don't question it. You have the book, you have the reference pages, you need to learn. And so I have been lucky to have a great boss for my teaching and he explained this to her and put her in her place and said, well, you have to understand psychology is a world that's ever-evolving. So your APA manual is going to tell you stuff and she's telling you stuff because she's researched it, she knows it, she has access to even newer stuff than what we have. So don't tell your professor you don't know what you're teaching. We know. We spend time putting these things together. Um, my other favorite was don't tell your professor you're only going to take half the class 
and not do the work for the other half because you don't need the other half. Well, you do need the other half to pass. So you can either take the whole class and do all the required work, or you can do half the class and then have to take the whole class. So I had a student, my first week teaching, in the first discussion, it was an intro introduction, and this was not a good first impression, said, in child and adolescent psychology, I'm only paying attention to the early childhood portion. I don't need the rest. I'm not going to participate, and I'm not going to do the work. To which I emailed her privately and said, unfortunately, if you do not participate in the whole class, you will fail, and you will have to take this again. I said, it's your choice, but those are your options. So she did just enough to pass. I believe she ended up with like a 64% in that class because there were oftentimes she refused to engage in any of the activities or requirements for adolescent age group. So if you don't want to participate and have the class, I wouldn't tell your professor that. It just looks bad. Yeah, you know. Not everyone can be bright. Um, another one is don't complain when you get docked points for late assignments. Due dates are in the syllabus for sure. Some of us put the due dates on every single week. Some of us put due dates on every single discussion. So my students have three places where they can find what is due that week and what is due the following week. And if they don't get it done, it's legitimately on them because it has been in three different locations where they actively go when they're in the classroom, online classroom. Um, so yeah, there's your normal. I can't believe I keep getting docked these points. I don't the professor's have to give me, whatever. Make sure you're doing your stuff on time. Um, I had a, a student who got sent back to um, the country he's originally from. I'm not going to say where, um, in case anybody is listening that knows where I work and who I work with. But was sent back to another country. They have a seven hour time difference than us and my syllabus clearly states that it is due central standard time. And the student got docked for the first probably four weeks of class because he was not submitting his paperwork according to central standard time. So he actually emailed me and said, what is wrong? What can I do? We had the discussion of why I'm docking the points. And from then on, it wasn't an issue because he took the initiative to say, okay, what is the problem? What can I do differently? And put an action plan into place and actually did better in that class than the class I had with him first where he was still in the United States. So, um, don't complain. If I can help someone in another country figure it out, 
you can figure it out too. Um, don't lie to your professor. So this one comes out, not only basic communication, but I had a student in one class, in my child and adolescent class, and then the immediately class, immediate class following that was my APA. So I knew how my student worked in my child and adolescent psych class, which was not working. Um, she only participated and got her grades up to passing because it was either that or you can't play sports again. And telling me that there is this pattern because I'm not the only one who's had to have this discussion. This was also when I was emailing them every week saying, hey, don't forget this is due, don't forget this is due. And then when I noticed this pattern with her, I would email her and say, hey, what's going on? Let's set up a time to talk. Would not respond to emails. So I was frustrated in our second class that I had with her in the APA class. She was again playing that situation where she wasn't getting her work in on time. I reached out to her coach. Her coach and my boss had to have a conversation with her. And she emailed me and tried to tell me like this is not reflective of her. She's usually very good at getting her work done on time and all this and that. To which I responded with, I hope that is true, but based on your previous performance in our last class together, this is not true. You are going to have to prove yourself this class. And she did a lot better in that class. And I don't know if she just had a bad semester, but my understanding is this was how she was throughout all of her classes, online or not. Um, but either way, we finally had that communication and things went much better. Um, a side note, when you're writing a paper, do not use Wikipedia as a reference. <laughs> it is not a professional site. It is not peer reviewed. It is not a journal article. It is not accredited. Don't use it, period. I have even told students and in the syllabus, if you use these, I'm docking you points because they are not real. Unless you have the correct number of sources I have required in addition to that. But you better have something else backing up your statement that you're using with that because it is not real. Does it give great information on basic stuff? Absolutely. Do I trust it to tell me if I have gangrene? No, I do not. Just don't use it. It's, it's ridiculous. And then my last one, don't email your pr professor the day before a paper is due or I don't know, the day a paper is, is due because in online classes, most of your papers are going to be due on Sunday. I do not check my phone 24-7. I have a life. I have season tickets for OSU football. I am not checking my email at those games. I have, you know, other activities in my life. I'm not attached to my phone 24-7. 
So if you email me the day before an assignment is due, chances are I'm not going to answer it. You should have been preparing for this assignment during the week. You knew in advance, again, that this assignment was coming due, what was going to be expected, and you chose to wait last minute to do it. With online classes, you absolutely cannot procrastinate. I have office hours the same as any other professor in person. My office hours are evening. They have access to a phone number to get a hold of me and my email to get a hold of me, as well as our online portal system we use. So they have three ways to get a hold of me at any time during those office hours. It does not have to be scheduled. They can, they can reach out to me and I will respond or I will talk to them during those times. They should not be waiting until Saturday night at 10 p.m. Oh no, I don't know what she means. And this is due tomorrow at midnight or 11.59. You should have asked on Friday or I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so don't get mad at your professors if you email them at 10 o'clock on Saturday night and your paper's due the next night at 11.59 p.m. and you don't have the answers you wanted. That is on you. You will get docked points. Just dumb. But this is the reality. This is the reality of a generation who has everything handed to them on a silver platter. And they're now adults and have to learn adult things after having everything catered to them. And that's just not how the real world works. So I feel like it's important knowing these things going into any class. I mean, a lot of these things can be translated to an in-person class as well. Um, Now, there are the weird things about stuff that is more online specific like your discussions or whatever but have those communications I mean communication is a big key for a lot of issues that we have in education if especially if you're struggling if you don't communicate how do I know how do I know I don't need to know every little detail going on in your life but I need to know that you're struggling so I can accommodate accordingly but, again, maybe that's just me as a professor. I don't know. I think a lot of... It's easier now than it was definitely whenever um, we were in school to get things, um, get a hold of teachers and whatever than uh, when we were going because it's... Information is just easier. Mm-hmm. Um... And I don't know. I think some, in some aspects, yes, kids today have a lot easier silver platter, kind of you're saying. Mm-hmm. Not all of them do, obviously. No, but I think but it's the generation. The generation is a lot, it's a lot, the generations are a lot uh, different. I mean, that. there's more access to things now. I mean, most libraries have free internet. I know that wasn't a thing. Well, not free. I came from a smaller town. That was not a thing. We did not have free internet when I was doing my undergrad at, you know, the local library or whatever. So I had to rely on 
internet at the school or internet at home. Yep, it's definitely uh, a lot different now than it was whenever we were uh, students. So the access to information is a lot easier. So that makes it a lot easier to uh, be able to get papers and um, information, whatever. And right. Office, virtual office hours and all that other good good stuff so mm -hmm. but uh yeah i think that's probably a a good uh good stop point for yeah today's episode and um we're still deciding what we're going to do for uh next week we haven't uh full fully formalized yet um what it's going to be we have a few ideas bouncing around possibly uh might be about uh Healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, whether that be friendships and or actual legit relationships. Might um, might be about more uh, true crime stuff. We might cover that McGirt stuff and talk about how the uh, McGirt ruling affects um, tribal crimes and whatever in the state of Oklahoma. Um, because that's really a big deal right now with yeah. the governor saying one thing and how that's all playing out and whatever. We'll, we'll surprise you. We'll surprise you. But, but again, like we said earlier, if you have topics you would like us to cover, feel free to message Matthew or I or post it on our Facebook page and we'll definitely take it into consideration. Or even on the YouTube page. Oh yeah, I forget we have that. YouTube. Um, probably be doing videos maybe by the end of September. Mm -hmm. Whatever, we just gotta figure out how we're gonna do it and, and everything like that. Yeah. But uh, I would definitely say, of those of you looking forward to the uh, Gene one, we're probably, I'm gonna say, a couple weeks, a couple uh, shows out. Um, maybe here in two weeks we'll just have to uh, see if that's what his schedule will uh, will allow for I think it will probably be alright yeah. um, be, be prepared people for that one because um, we're we going to get in some hot and heavy topics but because yeah. uh, that, that world is not picture perfect it's not clear cut it's not black and white there's a lot of gray and a lot of color. Well, not just only that, but uh, be prepared to laugh your ass off. Cause, uh, yeah, I mean, he's pretty funny. You get me and Gene together, and it, it gets to be a riot real quick. I mean, we only have 35 years almost of yeah. friendship. to. because uh, you guys are old. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure he listens to let you... Mm -mm. You know, you you called him old. Mm -hmm. I'll just text him and tell him. He, he might have a few choice words for you for that. It's okay. I'll just, live. Just a few. Listen, it's the truth. And um, yeah, so uh, we 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 do have a, a a a slight thing to fix up with our ending. And why do we have a slight thing to fix with our ending, honey? Because that's on somebody. No. Yeah. 
You. Yeah. You. Listen. So we've been giving out, you know, our mental health hotline number. And we've been saying pound 988. That's not true. And I knew this going into it. However, he who shall not be named, <coughs> Matthew. <coughs> One person didn't correct me. <coughs> um, made the mistake and tried to say it was pound 988. It is not. It is just 988. Um, there are several sources who say that, um, including our local one here in Tulsa area. So if you are struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to them. Um, I've heard really good things about them since they've been up and running. And it is so much easier. But you don't also have to call. You can, you can text them. Yeah, yeah. So, so whatever is easiest for you, do that. But don't let it sit there and build. Yep. So make sure to take care of the mental health. 988 is the actual number. Call that, text it, whatever you got to do. And then uh, just remember to keep playing your cards, right? And you never know. You might actually get a card handed to you at a restaurant whenever you least expect it. That's just true. Till uh, next time, buddy. We'll see you later.